And welcome to another episode of the Thanks for Sharing podcast. We are, I forget already, I'm going to say broad and I'm pretty sure it's bought and it doesn't matter. We are bought to you by Dan Rouse at Cherry Hill, Mitsubishi or Nissan. He sells cars. KO Pest Control, KCD Construction, Pace Roofing, Colt Recording, Hoover Delivery Service, ERT Restoration, Art History, Black Sparrow Tattoo, The Great and Powerful Four Seasons Landscaping, Sharky's Barbershop, RD Realty, Bone Marrow, Capital Adjustment, Santini's Grill, A-Plus Insurance at Tyson and Caster, and Ivy Innovations. Dude, that's basically like you're brought to by an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. <laughs> that's just one big fucking AA meeting. Everything you just said. <laughs> that's where, you know, that's where I get my viewers and that's where I get my sponsors. I get it. They're like, how many roofing companies do you want to sponsor you? And I'm like, all of them. Well, the raddest thing I think before was, and I don't know if it's even true, but I would see your sponsors and I'm like, they don't fucking sponsor him. No, they all know about it. Yeah, and I no. love. I thought that was brilliant. I'm like, this guy just claims that all these people sponsor him, and none of them do. Yeah, I used maybe to, they do. I used to do real outrageous ones. I was like, we're bought to you by Nike. So yeah, but here they're like, no, <laughs> Nike does not give a shit about thanks for sharing. Yeah. I, I hate to break it to you. No, at least at this point, episode number one. But maybe yeah. episode twelve. Yeah, no, they'll what, catch. What on. is this episode twenty six? Yeah, they still don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I have with me Brandon Novak. My buddy, there was a lot of uh, head games when it came to getting you on the podcast because I remember I asked you one time and it was very last minute because mm -hmm. we had to reschedule the days and I was like, if he's around, I'll ask him. And you're like, I can't do it. Then I was like, uh, he don't ever want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't mind doing it. Uh, I I figured that. I didn't <laughs> mind doing it. I just, I just, my schedule gets fucking nah, I, crazy, <laughs> chaotic, and uh, and I just didn't have high hopes yeah i hear you and uh so i got in my head because i never asked you again after that and i talked to your boy uh your boy Stubbs, who did do the podcast yeah and i was like your boy's big dick in me and then my anniversary was last week i wanted to do you that week and you were like i'm away but i'd love to do it the next weekend so here we are i wanted to have a good aa dude for my anniversary so last week i had my boy dr bill mckinney who's fucking smart as a pistol too smart for me I believe it. Yeah, and I believe that. he's a good sober guy, so I had him on, and then you followed up. Well, you know, to be quite honest, that's not acting like I'm fucking, I walk on water or I'm holier than thou, but what I've learned in my sobriety is my time is the most valuable asset that I own, and and I never looked at life or my time that way before. Two of my biggest character defects is I'm fucking, I hate confrontation, and I'm the biggest people pleaser in the world. Same. So with those two paired together, I dig myself deep on a daily basis. Oh, absolutely. But you know, having done a lot of work on myself, uh, that's kind of changed, and I'm really grateful for that. Not as much as I would like, but more than it was. Yeah. And um, there'd be no way that I wouldn't say yes to this, just because for the sheer fact of like when I used to be in treatment and uh, and and they had us at Today Incorporated and they would pile us into the druggy buggy and they would take us to uh, Sweet Surrender, the old one at the church. Yeah, you were there and you had been there for some years prior and and like you were established and and kind of like known and you know and and you were always very nice to me you were always very kind to me and i was always very observant and aware of my surroundings and, and i don't forget things like that so i like always you know when i hear your name or see what you're doing i i get very excited about it because genuinely 
Although we might not see eye to eye on some perspectives or the way we go about things, ultimately, deep down, the most important thing about people is the the characteristics that they carry and the qualities that they possess. And and both of those that you have are like really admirable and desirable. So thank you for that. Well, I appreciate that. And thank you for being around. You were always one dude that fascinated me when you got, because I spoke when you were in treatment. Yeah. And I was thinking about that this morning of when I first met you. I walked into Today Incorporated to bring the meeting in. And I just remember sitting in the perspective of a rehab and it's like, you're sitting through these meetings that they make you go to. And the last thing you want is some young kid coming in, especially like if you're a little farther along in life or just in general, because it sounds insane to get advice from like a young kid. And uh, I think I went into that. I'm 32 now. I think I was 26. I had two years sober and I remember I had like blue hair and I was like, I was like, these fuckers don't want to listen to me, dude. They're like, probably think I'm just a piece of shit. They're like, this kid thinks he's got it together. And I remember I was like acting a little hard in the meeting, not hard. But for me, hard, which is not sure. that hard. And I was like, let me flex on them real quick because I'm doing good in life. But now we met after that. You started coming around and uh, I was always fascinated. And I remember I would talk to you in the beginning. I was like, it has to suck, right? Because there's a level of notoriety. And I guess uh, for lack of a better word, fame, not even a lack of a better word, but success. And it's just here you are in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And it's like, hey, man, I saw you on TV. And I'm like, that has to suck, dude. You're just trying to get your life together. But uh, you, honestly, I'm grateful that anyone fucking gives a fuck, yeah. to be honest. But it it um, it um was weird. It did one of two things, right? Like it it allowed me to transition or merge into Levittown quite yeah. easily, right? Because I, I, like I, people were very kind to me oh, yeah. for that reason. So it was pretty easy to make friends. Um, but on the flip side of that coin, like I, I went from Today Incorporated to Good Friends. And uh, Good Friends is a six month program. You live there and, and they they help you get a job. It's, it's state funded, so they pay your way. And uh, you work and you, you get a job and you just save your money. And it's a pretty tight ship. And I got kicked out after two days for smoking in my bedroom. And it wasn't that I didn't like wanna follow the rules. Um, at all it, it was the fact that at that point in time in my early early sobriety because i stayed at today incorporated for 90 days so literally on probably 90 day 92 i was yeah. getting put out of good friends because like when i would come out to smoke or or, or socialize with the uh, with the guys in there which were great they just had questions that did not pertain to the reason why i was there right. like i didn't want to talk about you know was this guy funny did that hurt was this real not that it was fucking disrespectful me the stakes were just too high for me to be there and kind of just yeah you're trying to get it together i had my just, eye on yeah. the prize and that's that's a good thing and uh so yeah, it was, depending upon perspective, it was a good and bad thing. Yeah, and you actually helped me out with that, like uh, through the process of me starting to do stand up, and I like get to meet cool people every once in a while, and uh, they're just people at the end of the day, which is, I think, the most important thing. And I always talk about never meet your heroes. Yeah, and, yeah, because it can just suck sometimes. It absolutely just, can. Not that I don't have heroes, you know what I mean, but it just. I met mine um, in Switzerland on my the night of my my. Four years. Okay. I, I went to Switzerland. Well, we went to Paris. Or no, we went to Amsterdam. Me, Greek, and uh, which was on here. Yeah, George was on here. And, um, and my tattoo artist, Mitchell. He lives in Richmond. And for a while, every year, I was going to like a different country on my anniversary. And we decided to go to uh, 
Amsterdam and and then my favorite band, the Libertines, okay. who I my idol and I, someone I still really respect uh, tremendously as a fellow by the name of Pete Doherty. He's the lead singer of the Libertines. He used to be with he was with Kate Moss when Kate Moss got caught okay. sniffing all that blow and she they blamed it on her druggy boyfriend. He's just a fucking brilliant man in my mind, in my eyes. A lot of people don't even know his name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I always wanted to meet this guy. I had tried fucking religiously while we were getting, while I was getting loaded. And we'd be on tours in Europe. And a couple of the times we shared the same tour bus driver that he had. So he'd be like, oh, I put you in contact with Pete. One time he like was in the mountains and he was detoxing and, and someone agreed to bring him to meet us at a show in downtown London in Camden Town and and on his way there he got in a car he jumped out of the red light and he took off yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> typical behaviors that make complete sense yeah. in active addiction but it never worked so finally we're going to Amsterdam I find out they're playing in Switzerland it's a big deal I'm celebrating for the they're playing the night of the night before my four years. So at midnight that night will be my four years. Oh, awesome. Right? So I'm like, dude, we're fucking going. Right before I start to like line it up and I have kind of a couple of my people like looking in to get me tickets or talking to someone on on you know on the tour, they say, Hey, we heard Novak's coming. Would he be willing to do an intervention on Pete? And yeah. I'm like, fuck, this yeah. guy's my idol. I've tried yeah. to meet him my whole life. I don't want him to fucking hate me. Right. <laughs> like, he will not take kindly to some <laughs> fucking guy showing up to fucking do an AA fucking intervention. Right. Fuck you. That's worst case scenario, meeting your heroes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, listen, you can meet him, but you're yeah. doing an intervention. And it's like, I don't want to do that at all. <laughs> so, yeah, I want no part. And I'm an I'm a licensed interventionist. And I still want no part of that. Because yeah. this guy is like my... I have a fucking... I'm like a super fan. I have a humongous tattoo of him on my arm right here. Yeah. I fucking named my one cat Peter. I'm insane. I didn't tell him I, all that because he'd fucking think I'm yeah, weird. And like, you know, I got a cat named that. Yeah. Like, I got like <laughs> lyrics of his tattooed on my fucking arm. But so we get there, play the show. They play the show. Afterwards, they bring me backstage. And uh, half the, 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 the tour managers and like the people on the tour are like partying, doing their thing in the back. And then like, wait, they have me in a room and then they bring me in and it's Peter sitting at this big fucking table with like his chick and a couple of And it's almost midnight. And literally we start talking. He's sitting there. I'm here. Ask my favorite song. I tell him he plays it for me. Acoustic oh, wow. goes super well. But while I'm talking to him, he's smoking crack the whole fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> and literally, the church bell rings across the street at midnight. My four years, I'm sitting across from my idol as he's smoking fucking crack. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's cool in my opinion. You know, he wasn't I mean? a dick though. I was really scared. I'm like, if he, because be careful about you know meeting your idols. I, yeah. The point of that really long-winded story that I don't even know if no, it came I to this. Listen, I I, I was like, fuck, stuff. I hope he, if this is really going to suck if he's a dick. Yeah. Which totally could have happened. Yeah, which I met some people and I'm like, ah, oh, that didn't go, you know. In my mind, we were going to be best fucking friends, buy yeah. a flat together. Maybe I'll learn yeah. how to play an instrument. We'll start a band. You know what I mean? No, In he my won't mind. be weirded out about the cat at <laughs> yeah. all, dude. It would be great. <laughs> totally. Uh, no, but I'm, I am big into that, dude, because it's just, you know, and like I said, you helped me out with a lot of just seeing that's people as people. And it's not even like I was like the biggest Viva La Bam skateboarding fan. It's just, you know, I knew who you were. And it like took some time. I was like, oh, because I remember I spoke in rehab and you just had a face. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I was like, I know that dude from somewhere, dude. And someone was like, you don't know he was on MTV. I was like, 
oh, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which it's great for you. I'm just saying, and it's like, it's like, what am I going to do? Be like, man, loved you on MTV. Yeah. It, um, it wouldn't have mattered. You could have said that, or you could have said, fuck off. I hope you die in rehab. Yeah. I wouldn't even have known because I was so in the at fog. that time in, in there, they literally had to, uh, you know, today incorporated. It's yeah. not a big elaborate complex. That's hard to figure out. It's really <laughs> yeah. fucking cut and dry. It's like a four bedroom house, basically, but a lot of rooms in between. For the first three days, Rob, who you might know, Rob, he's a, a, a Northeast get a boy and a guy. He uh, he just celebrated. Um, he had to show me. He was my roommate, and he had to literally. I'd have to I'd be like, Rob, can where's our room? Can you show me? Yeah. He'd have to walk me to our room for like three or four days in a row. Yeah, that's insane. You're in the fog, buddy. So, I get it. That's being fucking generous. Yeah, and uh. Yeah, and what a wild that's about six years from now. And I'll never, dude, you are synonymous, synonymous, synonymously. <laughs> I got it. Uh, I was wondering what that was. Your sobriety is like linked into my life because my nephew was born that day. I, I never forget never May 25th. Forget that. Yeah. So I always make sure to shoot you a text because I got to tell my nephew happy birthday. And it's just like, what are the chances? You know, not that it, there's crazier things in life, but I just like, no, my nephew's turning six, Brandon's going to. I'll take a, I'll take a compliment any way I can get it. Yeah, I'm but, fucking uh, easy. So it always stuck out, and we went through all the crazy road trips of your speaking we did. engagements, dude. Early on, too. Early on, before dude. I like really honed my craft and tried to feed. Like I was just, I was just. It was great. It was early sobriety, man. Yeah, we'd jump into a car. People would ask me to speak at these AA meetings. Yeah. Some in the middle of nowhere with yeah. four people. We're going to fucking Phoenixville. <laughs> yeah. I got everything. Don't even Same. know, dude. But it was really good times, man. Dude, it was fun. And I remember we tried to get you to do like the usual AA bullshit that like all the old timers are like, yo, we're gonna go to a diner after we drove for three hours because I'm starving. And you're like, oh, I'll get a salad. And I was like, I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I always, you know what it was. I never gave a fuck about my health before, but I was so broken this last time that I remember being in rehab, and they would tell me I was just so fucking sick, so ill. And I remember them saying, "If you eat better, you'll feel better." And right. and no bullshit. I'd probably heard that a million times, but this time I actually listened, and, and it made it through my fucking ears. And uh, and at that very moment, I cut out sodas. You know, I just kind of just process of elimination. I started doing away with a lot of shit and I started, it worked in treatment. So I just kind of kept it going. Yeah. I'll go through phases of it. Like I'll lay off soda for a bit right now. I'm not. Yeah. I tried like energy drinks are like my, cause I don't do coffee. I don't do tea. I don't do anything like with caffeine other than that. See, and I so, never got uh, into energy drinks because yeah. of that. I was scared. Yeah. And there's been a couple, like I remember my first day out of treatment, I'm living in the recovery. Not my first day, but, uh. I'm living in the recovery house. I go back to work at Applebee's and mm -hmm. I've been gone for a month. And I remember I drank like seven Red Bulls before I went in and like, it felt like I just took a blast and I was just like sitting in my friend's car. Oh, she, God. She's sober too. And I was like having a panic attack and she was like, are you okay? I was like, they all hate me in there. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I, I felt your pain right there. Just yeah. through that story. Yeah. I was never a uptown get hopped up kind of guy. I yeah. love shooting speed balls till the fucking sun goes down see i was up i was always a fan of uppers but it, opiates were my thing though it was just the weirdest i guess yeah just how it goes it just it was you know i had um it was a good day when i was able to score the dope that i needed and the blow that i wanted right you know yeah christmas had come a little cherry on top that's you know it I mean? man the simple the yeah. simple fucking wins in life yeah <laughs> yeah 
So stuff like that had me fascinated because I was listening to you on Toby's podcast and like we were talking a little bit before just like how like mesmerized they are with just active addiction kind of like when they were hearing like, oh, wow, that's crazy. And I'll never forget. I always equate it like hearing people like us talk when I was living in the recovery house and some dude was like I was shooting up in the bathtub and I fell out and my mom walked in and he's horrifying story if you're anybody off the street. And I remember the one dude we lived with was like, you take baths? Weirdo. <laughs> and that's just how I always equate it, like people like us when we talk to each other. It's like that, the abnormal becomes normal, oh, most certainly. Yes. And it's just the fact that he focused, like not that you fell out in a bathtub and your mom found you, but yeah, the fact that you take baths is weird. We're wired differently. Yeah, absolutely. And I yeah. love it. Yeah. It makes life a lot easier. Oh, wow. dude, where would I be without these nutcases? You know what I mean? I, 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 I don't even want to try to imagine. Yeah. It's it's where the misfits fit. Right. Right? Like, uh, they get me, I get them, we work well together. Exactly. We pair well together. Which says a lot as to why I'm probably a 42-year-old man who's single that lives at home with three cats. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it says a lot like about there's, me, too. <laughs> there's a lot that's, that's to be said about that. Yeah. I, hey, I get it. I have that fear of growing up, dude, because I'm 32, still live with mom and dad. Not that they're in a rush to get me out or am I a rush to leave, but I'm just like, I'll just get some dogs. You know what I mean? <laughs> you sure you're not in a rush to get out, but they might be in a rush to get your ass out. I really don't think they care. They got rid of two. My oldest brother has like 17 kids now. You know what I mean? He just had triplets, so it just keeps adding on. Yeah. I, maybe during the quarantine I realized they would just been bored without me they're like what do we watch and I'm like I don't know and they're like you pick stuff so better man than I my yeah. mother's my spirit animal I can't get enough of her and in theory I go to I go to Baltimore probably a lot she's great she's and a spirit in thing. theory I'm like I'm gonna go there I'm gonna stay with her for a couple days we're gonna do this I get there in fucking 10 minutes I'm ready to smash her head in the wall yeah I love her more than anything in this world absolutely but uh you know I'm just set and accustomed to my own ways, I, which is not helping anything. I'm the same way. I don't like change that much as much as it's the only constant in life. I'm just like, I fight <laughs> it so bad. I do. I'm just like, you know what? Like, I, especially like when it comes to stand up, I wanted to take it off, but I'm like super fine, safe at my bartending job that I've had for the past nine years. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm just, uh, routine works well for me. Oh, yeah, it's, it's rinse and repeat every day. And without it, I probably wouldn't be sober till this day. No. I just, uh -uh. And the schedule's changed. Like, I was hardcore AA for the first, like, five years every day. Sure. Yeah, and now, I mean, the quarantine helped a lot with breaking that cycle because it just cut down. Because I got so burnt out of hearing, like, the same fucking people. Sure. And it just, when you go into AA, you realize you're dealing with people. And it's like, not everyone's like that. Yeah. It's a chance to speak a good game. Sure. And for the most part, people are great. They're good guys, mm -hmm. good girls in AA, but it just, you know, sometimes you hear some things that are too good to be true and you're like, man, fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I get it. Um, I And that's the cool thing with sobriety, and I couldn't agree with you more, is that the only thing that's remained the same for me in, in you know, a month I'll have six years is my perspective of a drink or a drug. That's yeah. the only thing that's remained the same since day one. Everything else has continued to change, evolve, rearrange, you know. So I've kind of, dude, I don't know. And I don't want to turn it into like a whole fucking holier than now spiritual experience podcast. But 
the honest to God truth with my deal where I'm at right now, and that could change next month, is that, uh, fuck, it's so cliche as even saying it, it sucks. Uh, but it's like, you know, acceptance obviously is the answer, but I don't really hold on to any convictions that I've created off of my beliefs, which come from my insane fucking brain. Yeah. I'm not married to these narratives because ultimately what I do know and I, and I've proved it on a daily basis is that the longer I'm sober, the more that I acquire, the further along I get in life. It really just proves to me that I really don't know. Right? Like I, I didn't I didn't take these classes to get to where I'm at today of like, you know, uh, owning a couple businesses, owning some properties, fucking investing in this. Um, all this my, the stuff I have my hands in is it's just I simply dumbed my way into it. Yeah. I just it I literally dumbed my way into it. I realized that I am the common denominator in my problem. If I get the fuck out of my way and I follow the lead of some like mentors of mine that I have and believe in their process and the outcome that they've gotten from their deal, there's no way I, I can't win. You know, so and also then at that level it, it, it takes away the expectations. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. I got and I'm big onto it, especially when it comes to convictions of other people of what I thought I thought of yeah. certain people. And I'm just like, when I get rid of those and I realize, like, I'm like, they never did anything to me, and they don't think of me as much as I think of them. Absolutely. You well, know you know, I mean? it, and and ultimately at the end of the day, and I say this a lot to myself. I say it because I wake up, you know, two ways every day. Don't you know who the fuck I am? Or right. please, God, don't ask me who I am. Yeah. <laughs> there's never like there's never a happy medium to those two, you know, positions I'm taking. But but ultimately, at the end of the day, because here's my deal: I don't play well with others, right? Yeah. I don't. Uh, I, I'm an instant gratification kind of guy. Uh, I don't follow the chain of command well. I like to go right to the horse's mouth and get immediate gratification for whatever it is that I'm addressing. You know, me personally speaking, in my work world. Um, and, uh, again, me being such a, a creature of habit and set in my own ways, that doesn't help. Um, but what I'm trying to say with that is that I, I'm very quick to, to form or create these false narratives, right? right that, that my brain's coming up with to support my behaviors. But what I, I do know is that where's my spirituality if I'm judging your spirituality? Right. And, and I say that to myself a lot during the day. Yeah. So with that being said, acceptance is the fucking answer. Because I'm not in charge of running this deal. And, it's really so simple. And it's how we get, and that's, I think that's how we started off talking in this podcast of just the notion of, I was like, you don't want to do this fucking podcast. Exactly. Like, and I just get wrapped up in my head. Sure. And Yet again, smashing a conviction of what I thought you thought. And I'm just like, of, yeah. I'm like, there's no way he'll ever want to fucking do this. And I'm like, why wouldn't he? He's your friend. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, you know. I'm the same way. Like here, because with me, my OCD, I'm self-diagnosed OCD, right? Yeah. Like, and really that's just bullshit. What's happened is the psychic change has taken place as a direct result of the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, which allow me to have the spiritual experience, which is the definition of a psychic change. I no longer think how I used to, how I do, right? night and day and before i really think i was a, a wake up where i waked up kind of guy you know mm -hmm. i i I'll wake up where i land now everything has order there's a way that things are done 
and and one of my OCD pet peeves is I I like to fucking return people's calls like or text like immediately. Yeah. So now I expect others to do what I do. Yeah. And the moment that they don't, my mind tells me I'm about to fucking be terminated from this position. I'm about to lose this deal. Um she's fucking him. You know what all this crazy I, shit. <laughs> I get it. You know, and I'm the same way with everything that you just said, especially when it comes to doing this because it's organizing people, which is I'm horrible at that. Yeah, because it's fucking I did music for so long and usually that's a group effort (laughs) and it's just organizing people is the fucking worst and just organizing one person a week. Yeah, is a nightmare, dude. And I just get anxiety until the person shows up. I'm like, I hope they fucking yeah show up because it bums me like this is my interaction for the week with people. Sure. Ever since the whole quarantine. And it's not that like I don't like going. It made me realize how much I enjoy being at home and just not dealing with people. Right. So, but this is like my interaction, which it's much needed. This dude. podcast has made you realize that? Yeah. I have to disagree. Yeah, I probably I've known you before. for fucking years. <laughs> and I've always heard I've always heard you talk about uh, the lack of love that you have for most people. Yeah. Because you don't agree in their ways. And uh, and and you, you you fare well best by yourself. Yeah, at home. So yeah, I, I probably I probably I, I don't think this podcast was the awakening that made you realize yeah. that people well, you believe people it's are kind of like, and you can probably relate <laughs> when somebody takes something away from you, and you're just like, oh, I guess I kind of do miss people. You know uh, what I mean? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And this made me realize I was like, maybe I do miss people more than I. And yeah, I always had this perception of myself that I'll speak negatively, but I'm a very optimistic, positive person at the end of the day. Yeah. Like most of my thoughts are, it's just more easier to say like, what's negative in my life? And it's funnier sometimes. I, I, I err on the side of you thinking that it's funnier. Yeah. Not easier. Yeah. Hence, you know, your career choice of being a comedian. Exactly. It's, it aligns with your, your beliefs. A booming business, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> you're great at it. You're, you're, you're really good well, at it. Well, I appreciate that. I had a couple people. I'm a big fan. So stand-up was a weird thing, and it's very similar, like, into getting into sobriety. You're dealing with a bunch of egomaniacs with inferiority complexes mm-hmm. who just aren't aware of it yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I remember I said that on stage, and they were like, we're not like that. I'm like, you're all like that, man. And it's a big spotted if you got it, because I'm the same way. But sure. uh, getting into it is always something I wanted to do. AA has helped tremendously. Yeah. Just from speaking all Absolutely. the time. It's better than an open mic when you get five minutes to say whatever you want. <laughs> And anything's topic. And, and the crowd's pretty fucking easy. Yeah. So, because uh, <laughs> the, the people in AA, nine out of 10 of them, if you're anything like me, you know, you, you don't want to be there. You just have nowhere else that wants right. you. Yeah. So it's like, uh, well, I realized I had a knack to stay on the street self help, which is a very urban rehab. I, I and, spoke there. Yeah. Times. And they were dying laughing, dude. You're and, good then. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, if I can do it here, that's you like doing do it the anywhere. Apollo. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I can do it anywhere. <laughs> But uh, it was just funny because getting into stand-up and I start doing the stand-up and it's just like very like, it felt like early sobriety. It's like you're chasing something. It's fun to do. And I remember a couple of people, like uh, my two buddies, they make short films, which are phenomenal. It's Dank Man Productions, if you're listening. But they're- Is this brought to you by Dank Man Productions it, as well? It, it could be now, dude. But it's not. I, let's I, just say it is. Yeah, we're brought to you by <laughs> Dank Man Productions. But my boy Connor is a big fan of yours. And I remember I posted like a clip of me doing stand-up and he was like, fucking starstruck and he was like he's like did you know brandon novak like your post i was like 
yeah, I did. Yeah. And he's like, is that not insane to you? I was like, not really at the end of the day. I mean, it's nice. I'm happy he's watching and I'm happy he's a fan. So I, uh, thank you for always I, supporting I, me. I do. And, uh, I support yeah. it every time. I I love watching you do it. You know, yeah. that's that's what kind of, to me, what sobriety is. I, and I, again, Whereas my spirituality from judging yours, I'm, you know, my way is not the right way. I'm yeah. married to my narrative because it's worked for me. Yeah, that's it. Um, and I kind of look at it as like for me, getting sober isn't enough, right? Like for me, getting sober was literally like just the day that I I, I came off life support. Right. Right. Like I I, I pulled off I pulled through a coma. I come up from life support. My eyes open, and then and then you know, the life begins. Now it is enough. I'm not, I don't want to discredit or take away from anybody like where they're at. But for me, you know, I, I just knew that getting sober was, was, was just, just, just the beginning. And, um, because of my journey. Right. And, 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 um, seeing what I've been blessed to obtain in a very short period of time and having like mentors of mine that i emulate to be like tell me like you haven't even come to yet kid right um i love seeing anybody fulfill follow their their calling their dreams their insecurities their fears yeah and aa is like a crazy thing where it's like here you're given a second lease on life and it's always like embarrassing like for me not even embarrassing like i'll admit it all the time it's like i want to be a professional stand-up comedian at 29 years old i decided that's what i want to do and it's like AA made it okay to dream again. It was Fuck like it yeah. was like, hey, why not? Weirder things have happened. You shouldn't be here right now. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I started I, I, going for it. Then a whole quarantine kind of fucked up my rhythm, but it breeded this out of necessity. I was gonna say, but did it? Yeah. It's all my, my disease is centered in, in perception. Yeah. I choose to see the quarantine as us being divinely inconvenienced. Yeah. You know, I. I because they, they told me in the beginning of sobriety, there's going to come a point in time where, where you have nobody with you and, and you have to rely on your higher power. Yeah. And, and, and I, I thought about that a lot there. And like, it's like, hey, everything shut down. And it's like everything. And old timers have told me since the fucking day I walked in, they were like, there will come a time. Yeah. It stands. Not that I had the urge to drink. Like I was pretty easy. I might like play it up in like a meeting every once in a while just to make someone else feel OK. Sure. And be like, oh, I couldn't stop. But like, I remember when I got sober, it was just done. Yeah. Same. You know what I mean? Same. And I haven't been to I don't think I've been to as many treatments as you. I only been three times. But uh. That third time in there, I was just like, I'm yeah. done, dude. Yeah, same. Like, I'm and, done. And, but I wouldn't say it out loud. Yeah. Because everyone's like, you you don't say, you don't know, never, you right. never know when never is, all this shit. Yeah. And I knew that I was done. But I just was like, I, I'm I'm just, what, for the first time in my life, I, I stopped talking and I let my walk do my talk. Right. You know, and people kind of started seeing that I was done. Hence my mother, like accepting my phone calls again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, my family inviting me for Thanksgiving dinner. Because my behaviors had changed. Yeah. And as we both know, that's alcoholism. And I think it's Our a behaviors good, are. I think it's a beautiful thing when someone like you is like on a little bit of a larger scale and like people see it work. Yeah. It's just like there's hope, you know what I mean? And like, you know, and well, I'm sure you get criticisms like, ah, what makes him so special? I don't know. You know what I mean? And it's just like, yeah, well, it's a prime example of that. This works, dude, no matter what. And this dude at Life or Death used to always say, like, he used to go to meetings in Laguna Beach all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was, like, shocked by the guys that just, like, kept coming in and out. And it's like, 
it's a lot harder when you have indisposable income to stay sober. And I'm like, I get that. And it's just, you need that feeling of being done. Like I yeah. wasn't at my worst bottom when I got sober, but it was just, I was done. You know I, I, mean? I can relate. I, my sponsor always told me, you never get between an alcoholic and their bottom. Yeah. Right. And and I don't today with mine. I'm a, I'm a big fan of repercussions from actions. Absolutely. Um. So if, if, if any of my sponsees call me hoping for an easier, softer way, I'm the guy that like tells his parents to call his parole officer on him. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I'm not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always think it's funny because like going off that stuff, I was blessed with the most crazy sponsor in the world. God rest his soul. But uh like just like his his perception on things and this is when i learned to stop like judging what other people are doing in aa because like he did not take me through aa the orthodox way i guess yeah, you yeah, would yeah. say you know what i mean i remember speaking who he was, yeah, yeah speaking of outside the box the man was just i think he was just insane and i was i was attracted to that chaos. whatever it yeah. takes absolutely but uh just the the perspective especially the dudes i got around sober when they would talk about sponsoring dudes and like you get that call with the dumbest idea ever and I remember my one buddy, Matt, was just like, I just agree with them at a certain point. Then they start to second guess it. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. And it's like, go ahead, do that. And it's like, he never agrees with me, man. <laughs> I guess, I mean, really, there's nothing that I can do to, that's going to change the, the outcome of the, the situation at hand. Yeah. Because I'm not God. You know what I mean? I, I can say a few things, but I, I believe, I, I truly, truly, truly believe that two of my biggest pet peeves with words or luck and coincidence. I believe everything is destiny and fate. I believe that we have free will of choice and if I choose A, I go in the direction of A and if I choose B, I go in the direction of B. Right. You know, and, and, and from there on, uh, what happened for me is what I had come to understand now, right, after remaining sober for a long enough time and uh, doing that, that internal work that's required, you know, to ultimately find the external results that I've always fucking desired is that now it's very apparent for me to look back in, in not only the six years, but way before I walked into sobriety, even in active addiction. And I can look back and recognize the synchronicity of life's events that have led me to the here and now, right here to this table. Oh, yeah. And I can fucking place them A to B to C to D and, it, and it's just abundantly clear that if I, Personally, Brandon Novak do not recognize that a God of my understanding has been doing for me way longer than I ever knew, way more for me than I ever could, then I should, I'm a fucking moron. Yeah, and it's it's important to remember And that's that. beautiful. And that's that heightened sense of awareness that's come as a direct result, again, of the fucking spiritual experience that I had as a direct result of the 12 steps. It all kind of yeah. aligns. And just where it takes you in life for everyone, you know, like my life went the way it went on purpose yeah you know yeah i didn't and all i did was stop going against the current that's it i just simply got the fuck out of my way right M my pain had become great enough that i was broken just so bad that it allowed me to open this thick mind of mine up just fucking big enough for me to say you know i i don't seem to be able to but joe seems to be able to so maybe you can help me yeah and you kind of like give me some suggestions i i follow them out of out of sheer necessity to want to feel better, not because I want to do what you're saying. And then, you know what? Like, I don't feel as bad today as I did yesterday. And I just snowball affected into the here and now. Yeah. You know? I hear you. It takes what it takes until it takes. And who am I to say what it will be for it to take? 
What was fucking different with treatment with someone number 13 as opposed to 11, 10? They didn't tell me anything I missed in the first fucking 12. Yeah. <laughs> Things just aligned. Why, why three for you? You know, it's just exactly. it's the way it yeah. works, man. And that's the, I always try to look at it because they, speaking of cliches, because big cliche talk right now, but uh, people would always say like, I never heard a worse story than my own because I lived it, which I, to a point I agree with, right? But like a lot of my friends were just out there, like real deal, I'll die in Kensington. Like this is where I want to be. And like, I'm like, they had it worse than me. I'm not even going to act like I that I didn't have it that bad, but my pain was enough to get me in. And I, That's I, I it, get man. that. Yeah. But That's there's it. people on a larger scale who have struggled way harder than me. And it just, it's all it's, the more rewarding when you see someone like that getting you're just it like, is. thank God. There's a guy in my, my new book that came out, the sequel to my first book, dream seller. And, uh, and him and I had done dope. We did dope for the first time together in Baltimore. And and he was a guy that I swore was, he was the one that was like, I'll never be as bad as him. He will absolutely die with the needle on his arm. No questions asked. And when he got sober, I'm like, holy fuck. And now owns a couple of recovery houses in Baltimore. He's the guy that I look to when I need to believe yeah. that God's real, you know? But that's the thing, man. They talk is, oh, here we go with the cliche-ish things. Call it what you will. The reality is, they saved my life and 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 the life that i was living the pain that was attached with those decisions that i made on a daily basis were not only unbearable for me but for all the loved ones in my life you can't put a price tag on those fucking cliches you know so so i get i people are like you are dude is this just you all and i'm like yeah it fucking is they're it the, absolutely is they're the most time tested thing you know all of it's insane, but yeah. not really. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, I always like gravitated toward the cliches early on because it was the most honest I could be. I think people forget like the level of it's tough to be honest. Fucking right for anybody. Absolutely, especially in sobriety, early sobriety. Yeah, like to be honest, like for me to be Dude. able to say one day at a time was like as honest as I could get and mean it. I get it. Yeah. I always hear people say, you know, oh, I fucking, uh, I went out and I got loaded because I didn't work a thorough four-step. And I'm like, that's not the fucking case. Yeah. You weren't honest. Yeah. You weren't honest when the, the, the desire appeared to want to take a drink or a drug. Yeah. I think that's where it stems from, personally. I always try to break that down. You just did it in a very elegant way. And me, I'm more kind of like dumb about it, you know? <laughs> and uh, I, I always like try to tell people, and it probably gets misconstrued so many times because I'm like, if you didn't do a four step yet, you're not going to step out of here and spontaneously combust. <laughs> like, you're all right, dude. Yeah. Because I get it. There's a lot of pressures in early AAs getting younger. You put these kids in recovery houses and like, you can't go out on the weekend unless you're done all 12 of these things that have taken people a lifetime to do in a month. And I'm like, I'm like, well, I don't, and this is just my opi yeah. own opinion. I'm like, I don't know if that's necessarily right, but like, how honest can you be doing that? And that's why it's constant work, dude, especially when it Absolutely. comes to stuff like a fourth and a fifth step. Like there's still stuff that like, I just don't remember that it's like- On a daily basis. You know, that I just call someone and I'm like, hey, listen, I just got to tell you this because if I don't talk about it real quick, I don't want to know what it leads to. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't have a sponsor anymore. You know what I mean? Not by my own choice. I had the honor of speaking with your boy, George Greek mm -hmm. last week. And he's just very happy not having one. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, save yourself and do not follow in his footsteps. Yeah. Well, his, his was out of choice. Mine was out of he's dead. You know what I mean? And I was like, well, my guy's dead. He was old as fuck. What do you want me to do? You know, but, uh, but that's point proven right there yeah. for Greek. My best friend met in treatment. 
His treatment center number one, mine 13. He's yeah. still sober to oh, this day. Oh, he was a one and done? I don't think yeah. I ever knew that. I'm he sure was one I and done. Too. And I'm 13 and done at that point, God willing, at this point. Yeah. You know, so it just goes back to say, like, who, dude, if I had, if I had the... If I had the guide to a perfect life, I would bottle that thing up. I'd sell it. I'd be a billionaire. Absolutely. I debated for a lot of years and I shot dope for a lot of years. Yeah. Then we go back to perspective. What is a perfect life? Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'll tell people, like, oh, what's your what's your take on uh, MAT? And I'm like, if you want to drink 180 milligrams of methadone every day and it it allows you to wake up every morning with that lust for life and jump out of bed with the life that you believe is worth living for and waking up for every day. I'll fucking take you to the clinic. Yeah. It's not my fucking way of going about things, but if it's yours and it gives you that happiness and the peace that you're looking for, I'll fucking drive you. Yeah. And I, dude, and I got taught because I never want to forget what it's like to walk in to AA and I never want to feel like what it feels like to be that dude, you know what I mean? So I have a couple friends that are uh, doing the California sober thing, which sure. is very popular now. Yeah. And I'm just like, listen, it's, it's, it's working for them right now, and I hope it continues to work Fucking for right, them. Fucking right, man. Like, you know who who I mean? am I to say what way to go about living a happy, productive, yeah. sober life is? Yeah. and That's I'm a, insane. I'm a big advocate. If people can make weed work for them, I'm not saying go By out there and try. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not, a, yeah, I'm I, not. Again, I'm married to my narrative, yeah. which is 100% abstinent-based. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you used to shoot a bundle in, into your neck a day? Go try. You know, but it works for some people. Dude. It does. You know, there's weirder things in life. I know for me, I've tried it yeah. and uh, and it never worked. Did it. So, <laughs> so if people look at my life because I'm, it's, it's kind of in the public forum and, and my... Um, my anonymity is the exact opposite. I don't hide my recovery or sobriety. But if you see my life and, and, and how it was as opposed to how it is, and you're interested in finding out how I got there, I'm more than happy to share it with you. And, and if you want to try that way, I'll, I'll kind of help guide you through it. And that way happens to be 100% abstinent-based. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat with you. That's I believe what, I what you believe. Yeah. And I don't look... Any different at people who don't, who aren't on board with what nah, I'm on board with. I'm cool with, with it, yeah. man. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with we it. We all got to live our own lives. But uh, the California thing, sober thing, fascinates me because it's very popular right now. Dude, someone um, someone actually just messaged me the other day and they're like, you know, I just saw Demi Lovato's uh, interview or post. I don't even know what yeah. it was. And and she says she drinks moderately and, and that's more power to her. But this person was like, oh, I, oh it, it really has me wanting to drink. And so that I can't, you know, if I, I don't, I don't know. Everything I'm going to say is my opinion. And that means absolutely nothing. Yeah. I hear you. I'm just waiting for Philly sober to catch on, which is 80, 80 milligrams of methadone a day. And, is that what that is? Yeah. And getting a roofing job and being like, <laughs> you have a lot of sponsors at that yeah, point. Yeah. You'll be walking away from each episode with like a million yeah, in the bank. That, that's going to be Philly sober. It's like, I got a, a job at the local 98 and I'm on 120 milligrams of take homes a day. And it's just like, <laughs> I'm doing good. Dude, I was at life or death last night. And I swear nine out of your 10 fucking brought to you by sponsors were there. Yeah. They were Dan there. Rouse and the, Pest control company called me today. Yeah, about oh uh, yeah, he does your pest control. You're his favorite <laughs> author, as he always jokingly says. He's like, I love he's Dan like, Rouse, dude. He's a he's an interesting guy. <laughs> See, I was fascinated because he was sober a long time, went out and yeah, now he's sober again. But uh -huh. I, long time for a young person. So like we had the same amount of time. And right. what I think he went out like two three years ago or something. Yeah, so I was like, oh, that's crazy. And yet again, it was one of those things. I didn't treat him any different. Yeah. 
Because God forbid if he wants to come back and at the end of the day, that's he's insane. My How friend. could you treat someone well, I mean, I hear that it happens. Yeah, I, exactly. Although I'm completely submerged in like maybe some might say the AA world or just recovery world because yeah. it's kind of like what I do in a lot of different ways. Um, I'm really disconnected from it. Yeah. So like I don't hang with groups of people. Um, Stubbs and Greek are the two probably that I hang with on a Good daily choices. basis. When I hang with people, usually yeah. it's my three cats. Yeah. Um, but I've never like really seen anyone get shunned coming back. And to me, that is fucking insane. And that, that is, I'm really good at like keeping to myself and keeping my, my opinions to myself. But that I don't think that I could if yeah. I saw. Like that's just unacceptable. Yeah, I get it. So that fucking sucks that people do that. I hear about it. Yeah. Not that it happened with him. Either, no, no, I know. Yeah, but it's I was just like, I, I treated him the same, dude. And, uh, dude, I always forgot. Because he's mature for his age, I will say, dude. As much <laughs> as a he, very polite yeah, as much as, <laughs> way to say an ignorant statement. <laughs> yeah, as much as he's out of his mind, dude. But, like, I was always fascinated. I was, like, starting a comment, I'm not racist. Yeah, I'm not racist. <laughs> but this, these are my opinions on yeah, this certain group of people. That's what you just did with yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> But now, when Dan got sober and I got sober, we got sober around the same time. I was 24, which is already young. He was 18, dude. Wow. Yeah, and he stayed sober for like four years. God I was bless like, That's kind of crazy, dude. You trying to tell me what time I have to be in for curfew at 18? Yeah. Fuck you. You try telling me at 24 same. or 38, you dude, know what I mean? I was at treatment center number like, it, maybe like eight or nine yeah. in and... And just started to believe, and this is at 34, yeah. nine treatment centers in, 34, just kind of believing that maybe there's a problem. Right. It might be me. Maybe. But well, not, I'm not I'm not putting it all on black there, but right. it, it could be. But I, I have a few more plays. I always like to call that the pop. That's what my sponsor called it. And that's your head coming out of your ass. He said, one day we all hear the pop. And it's just, it's stuff like that where you're just like, maybe it's me yeah. that keeps ending up in these. And I talked about it. I actually spoke last week yet again with your boy, George, uh, which I timed him because he usually goes on rants, which uh -huh. I do, too. So the two of us together, it's just not good. Oh, he, you know, he told me about that. Yeah, you were still. I think that's when you were trapped in I was. limbo. I don't even know if I would have came if I was here. I, I hear you. I, not, I would love to have heard you talk, but I, I can't stand listening to, to yeah. Greek. And he's my best friend. Yeah, I get it. But Trust we don't me. see eye to eye on a lot of topics yeah. with recovery. And that's the beautiful thing about it. I think that the is the power one of, of the, choice, man, and individuality. I learn more from people who think different than and were brought up different Fuck than, yeah. than me. You know what I mean? Dude, I, everyone carries a message. Yeah. To me, of what to do or what not to do. Right. You know, and I talked about it when I spoke that night of just like what worked for me might not work for you. Because I remember talking about like after a year sober, I started going to nothing but men's meetings, which is like a different ballpark. And people are like, how can something and AA so different, especially around here? You you're more experienced with going to meetings around the world. But Philadelphia is its own interesting thing where just no one agrees. It's very Philadelphia like it's just like we don't agree yeah. with them. Fuck them. Well, we're that's not, why you, you <laughs> talked earlier. That we're addicted to that chaos and, yeah. and, and confusion and, and just anarchy that's why life or death is always that's the only thing i go to to be honest with you yeah that's uh, all i go to for a while that sweet surrender which it's more of a just to see people yeah because i genuinely built relationships and like you know it's great like they'll all meet up at greek's house and like do stuff i i'm not a and, fucking that's that yeah, makes me cringe at the thought of that me too. well i always use nate as my scapegoat right and i'm like dude you need to come with me because he for some reason he sucks the air out of a room not in a bad way like he just draws people's attention and i'm like right i'm like please just I don't 
have anything to say to people. Yeah. Not in a bad way. It's sure. Just, you know, how I view myself. But uh, but it's the catch-22 of it. Like, they'll all be over there on 4th of July, and it's just like, I'm just chilling at home, which I'm cool with, but I'm just like, damn, not one of them called me. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Yeah. I'm the kind of guy that Then I'll I see them, don't... and they're like, you could have just showed up. I'm like, I don't show up without being invited. Dude, and if I'm invited, I'm, I'm going to say no anyways. Yeah. <laughs> but still, common yeah. fucking courtesy. Yeah, it's nice to know. <laughs> I won't come to your party, but you better fucking invite me, or else I'm really going to be offended. Yeah. And I still won't come off the invite, but yeah. don't fucking not invite. Well, I went the, the last time I was there was like in the beginning of lockdown and they did the zoom meeting for sweet surrender they did it all at uh oh god at that house and like the meeting started i was like i'm leaving and they're like you're gonna miss the meeting and i was like dude these what yet again my opinion who the fuck am i dude i did not get down with zoom meetings right and i was just, I was just like yeah i'm good and i get that i heard i i remember i was here somewhere and a particular individual would always uh, fuck Zoom, fuck Zoom, and, and say it out loud. And I'm like, ah, that's, I, that's, I don't really agree. Whatever. Yeah. But then someone at the meeting, like when it was just starting to back up, she was like new. And she's like, I've gotten sober. I've remained sober for the last four months off of like Zooms. Yeah. And then that person, and I was at the meeting where this took place, and I'm just an observant from the distance, right? I'm right. just fucking watching it play out because I know what he always says out loud when they talk about the Zoom meetings. And, then this girl just happened to share it and I was watching because I'm like, oh, yeah. he's an observant guy. And right there, he's like, I heard him say to someone else, dude, my opinion's changed. Yeah. And because, you know, he heard firsthand. You eat that humble pie. Yeah, and that was cool. Yeah. Which this was at Life or Death, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only meeting I go to. Best meeting in the world, dude. I really think so. And uh it, I was there last night. I think it's a little bit different as opposed to like when I got sober there was and there's still negative things said, but like throughout the years it just always had a negative rap. That's why I liked it. Especially Bucks County to Philadelphia, which it's not that far. <laughs> like I grew up in Ben Sam, which is the town that borders Philadelphia, and everyone's like, You ain't from Philly. I'm like, I can throw a rock at the welcome to Philadelphia sign. It's not that big of a nor do I ever say I'm from Philly unless I'm somewhere else. But picture yourself living in a recovery house in Levittown yeah, and, and they say there's the a attraction. 10 p.m. Yeah. meeting at Life or Death in yeah. Philly. That's pretty yeah. fucking extreme. But for a while, the only meeting I was making was Johnny's 10 o'clock beginner just because he made it yeah. fun, which I think is a hard thing to do in AA. Yeah, he did. He just, yeah. I, re I went to that recently. Yeah, and it's obnoxious. You got, <laughs> it he did is. it a while. He, yeah, yeah okay. I did it with him. He called me up and I, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he has a very weird sense of humor, dude. He does. Like he called you up and called you Brendan, I believe, and <laughs> yeah. you were like, what the fuck? I just didn't know that it was talking to me. <laughs> yeah. You should have known. Like, nah, yeah, well, I didn't know because no one calls me Brendan. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's uh, not my name, but uh, <laughs> like such a wild meeting, dude. And it is. I remember, and I haven't done them because I got, see, non-confrontational, dude. Like I was doing the AA reviews and I got like a little bit of, I saw that. I like that. I got that a, was really funny to me. Yeah, I got a little bit of criticism, and I was like, <laughs> "You don't say." Maybe it's not right, but it is funny. <laughs> I thought it was fucking hilarious. Time. Yeah, because I was, dude. I do remember them specifically. I was in a big like barstool thing, and I was just watching them review pizza. I'm like, dude, it would be funny if someone did AA and just gave it low scores all the time. Like, yeah. this is not fun. Yeah. But my whole plan was to go back to Johnny's meeting, uh -huh. have people carry me out, pop confetti, and be like, "This is a ten. Because it's yeah. actually a fun meeting. It is. You know? But I see what you're saying now that I'm actually thinking it through as you describe that. Because yeah. it, it, it could, because, and I'm guilty of it, most of my life is 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 me contempt prior to investigation. Yeah. You know? I enjoyed this. So stuff. if I heard yeah. someone else saying, oh, this place is fucking, whatever, I'd be like, ah, well, it does suck because yeah. he said it. Yeah. 
But like the reasons I would give were just the goofiest. I, stuff. That was funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I listened to it. And yeah, like, I was this like, I was great. like, these donuts suck, dude. And yeah, like, that's funny shit. Yeah. So I don't think some people didn't get the joke, and I was just I like, thought what it was you, hilarious. Yeah, I'm gonna bring him back because my Good. my boy Foley, his dying wish was uh, not that. Not that I knew he was going to die, but he was like, I think you were onto something with those AA reviews. And I was like, I'll do them again. I, I'm, I'll tune into them again. I know. Yeah. I'll, and I'll only do it for like, I did the clubhouse in Levittown and Sweet Surrender. Like two meetings where it's all young people. They get it. It's yeah. a joke. You I know highly I mean? doubt that came up in their business meeting. Yeah. Like I would never go to one of my men's meetings that I love to death and be it, like, it you take know. real serious. Yeah. Because those old men would just beat the feelings out of me verbally, which they already did, dude. But uh, <laughs> it's all it's all good stuff, dude. Um, you were talking about, I don't know if this is a true story. I'm pretty sure because I think I heard it from you. But you did a show one time and you were just wasted. And at the end, you just said, buy Dream Seller. Oh, is that, that what it was? <laughs> I just think of that from time to time and I laugh. Many a times. Because I, when I was getting high... Um, that's I always had another angle to, <laughs> yeah. to secure some cash in yeah. order to buy more dope. Right. Like uh, the Howard Stern show, I went on there twice. Yeah. And each time I went on, prior to me going on, I know like the ratings that that show gets are astronomical. Mm -hmm. And people, everyone listens to it, number one, and people die to like have some sort of affiliation. So I'm, I'm no fool by any means. And before I'd go on there, I'd call a few of my friends who happened to own businesses. Right. And I'd say, if I bring your business up and plug your business on this interview, will you pay me X amount of dollars? So three yeses had me walking out of, three yeses from three different business owners. Could it, you know, us doing an interview and I just bring it, oh, my buddy Dave's detailing, it's amazing, he just did my truck, check it out, daves.com dot fuck off. Right. <laughs> I just that I just secured five grand. Yeah. So I did that on Howard for tw each time I went with like three or four different business owners before you know. So everything as is fucking life. It's all calculated. It's all a mental chess game that only exists in my brain. Yeah. No one else knows that they're playing this game with me. Hey, doing drugs is a racket. It is. That's the stuff we think of. It is. It's fucking exhausting and draining. But yeah. So everything there was always, believe it or not, an ulterior motive. Yeah. I know you couldn't. I could never. No. Yeah. I always just giggled at the buy dream seller thing because I think it was either you told me or Stubbs or Greek. And I was just like, I was like, that's so funny. That I wouldn't say that. It was probably Stubbs that would say it. Or yeah. Something. And it's just like, something. anyways, buy dream seller, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, it. That's it, man. Which is the message of this whole podcast. That's the root of this whole hour is to buy dream seller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now the, the, what's cool is though, the times, the the, the times have changed. <laughs> There's sequels out and stuff, but that's not my, you know, I don't even really think about that anymore. That, yeah. There's some freedom in that. I know. I remember my best friend. There's some freedom in that. <laughs> my best friend Shane I grew up with. I remember uh, it's around when you got sober because he like saw like I was hanging out with you. And yet again, he's a big skateboarding dude. And he was like, dude, I read his book in Living Green. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, sad ending. And I was like, all right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Rightfully uh, so. And I wrote the book while I was getting fucking high. I know. Exactly. So, Hence uh, the sad ending. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> I didn't know what people were expecting. Yeah. Um, but this, since we're on the topic, the sequel to that did come out entitled The Streets of Baltimore. If anyone out there gives a fuck, you can just Baltimore. go to to my website, uh, brandonnovak.com, all one word, and that will take you down all my different rabbit holes. Yes. You can buy The Streets of Baltimore and yeah, fucking Dream Seller. Yeah, the, the, uh, the graphic novel. Yeah. I think there's some clothes. There's all kinds of stuff on there. 
Baltimore has always had a kinship to me. I have no idea why I used to go there as a kid. I just love that city. Probably the aquarium. We never really did the aquarium. We would like go to like conventions there. Well, the Orioles convention games. center. Yeah. Well, see, that's all right there, though. Yeah, it's all right there. The aquarium, the convention center, the harbor. It's all the the football yeah. field is all right there. I remember in a drug induced stupor. I just remember I came to at the Inner Harbor, and I was like, how. You know, yeah. and Xanax and PCP, and mm-hmm. not the safest thing, but I just remember I was like, I don't think I'm in Philadelphia anymore. No, it's a difference. But a lot of things about Baltimore, I just always like because I'm I'm a big football guy. Ravens are my second team. That's that, that's. I know it's something that doesn't interest you. <laughs> no, enough. but the Ravens, I, I'm a fan of. Yeah, purple, great yeah, color. I, I, I agree with that too. I like uh, seeing all the fishes decorated in different things, like the statues of the fishes around baltimore it's in the inner harbor yeah i don't think it's like, so much these days yeah i think maybe i haven't then. been in i while. vaguely remember them yeah but they did like one that looked like a raven and it was just a fish yeah big fan of the wire which i was i was fascinated when i listened to you on toby's podcast about your uh grandparents was it owned the convenience store omar got shot in yeah the, the, the which i actually have a picture of on my phone yeah. um because i have a documentary coming out about my life and that store has a lot to do with it but um yeah omar was killed if you remember the very last episode of the wire omar the stick-up guy that carried yeah. the shotgun the sliced face he was in this little bodega and that yeah. little like 11 year old comes Denard, in and man. calls him i'm a fan of the show <laughs> that was my grandparents store my grandparents were arabs um they owned the first arabs for people who don't know what that is it's like when um how they began their business you have a horse and you, you, you put uh, a big fucking thing on the back of the yeah. horse pulls it. Hey, watermelon, f- oranges, all that kind of stuff. And they sell it off that. And then they open their first ever open air produce market in Baltimore city. And, and throughout years that store, my, my grandparents owned was to be left to my father who, uh, you know, just like me was genetically predisposed to his addiction from his father pissed that away and lost that place but the sign on the front always remained the same and it just said Novak's produce and that's where he got killed yeah fun fact yeah love that show big fan yeah I was getting high a lot during that show yeah I'm sure I think my buddy Shane the dude who read Dream Seller in Rehab I think he was like in Baltimore for something and he was trying to cop dope no he would have been too young at the time someone I know and I don't think it was you for some reason was copping in Baltimore like while they were shooting the wire and they were like the biggest nightmare ever, which I'm sure you can agree. No, with. that's the yeah. truth. Maybe I, it was you. It I, no, had to I, be I, that's I feel like we I I want to say that was me because that's yeah. not something I normally I would talk about. But you obviously being the fan of the wire, obviously yeah. had this, and I was copping in those areas where they were shooting the wire, like right. legit. And I would go to the hole where they were serving. And because of the fucking production crew there, the, the you name it, they'd give you a, a, a card, a playing card. Right. And they'd say, go down to Eager and Broadway. Eager and Broadway is like fucking 12 blocks from where I'm picking this card up. So now right. I have to take this fucking playing card, this queen of hearts, or I don't even play cards, but like a jack. Yeah. And I gotta take this jack. They're both and, cards. <laughs> well, I, I gotta take this fucking jack and I gotta walk 14 blocks. And I've, I've just gave you my money. Right. So I just gave you 80 bucks, 60 bucks. You give me a fucking jack. And now I gotta walk 14 blocks in hopes that there's gonna be someone there that hands me my shit. Yeah. 
I'm like, are you fucking all for yeah. a fucking TV show? That is pretty lame, dude. Um, yeah, and the one thing about that show that I think they got the beauty of any active junkie out there is that it's kids selling drugs to you because I don't think a lot of people like oh, they see stuff on TV. Yeah, it and was Johnny brutal, talk, man. Johnny talked about it at Life or Death the other day, and I know I bought it up on doing stand-up before. I was like, do you have any idea what it's like to buy drugs off a 14-year-old Puerto Rican kid and him to call you an old man when you're in your 20s? Dude, that was like <laughs> the one of the biggest fucking... Uh, perspective changes that i had at the end where i'm like it's fucking bad yeah something so simple and this is how it went i would go to this dope shop religiously and this is my last run and um i'm living in my mother's living in her bedroom she i put her out of her room she's sleeping on the sofa I, I, i've never been worse in, in my life and i'm a 38 year old fucking heroin addict who steals money from his mother blah blah you know the story yeah and and I go to this hole every day and there's these like 16 year old kids that serve, right? And and they'd say, all right, nephew, how many? How many you want, nephew? And on this day, the day before they called me nephew. Right. This day I get there, they say, get in the hole, unk, how many do you want? In the blink of an eye, I went from nephew to unk and I'm like, what the fuck just yeah, happened? That hurts. That, not the fact that I physically put my mother, my 78 year old mother out of her fucking yeah, no, bedroom. Fuck all that, I felt you. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm, yeah. She's in fear. I'm going to burn her house down. So she's sleeping yeah. on the sofa next to the front door in hopes that if I catch it on fire, she can make it out alive. Whatever. That's par yeah. for the course. But this fucking 16-year-old dude selling dope just called yeah. me unk. Yeah, you went from neft to unk real quick. <sighs> Shit got serious. My heart hurt a little bit. Yeah. I, dude, I still fucking... I know the feeling. <laughs> Isn't that crazy how disconnected yeah. from reality we become where the abnormal becomes the normal? Yeah. And that's what is like the deciding factor of like, maybe I should throw the towel. Yeah, that's the whole bathtub situation. Again. Yeah, you take baths, yeah. it's like, oh, he called you wonk. That's fucked. It's fucking right, yeah. man. Yeah, that was... Not the horrifying reality. Dude, like, you're have, buying drugs off a kid right now. I have <laughs> no problem with a 12-year-old saying, get in the alley, get up on the wall, stand in a single file line, hoods off, hands out your pocket, no ones get on one knee. I'll yeah. do that with a blink of an eye. Yeah. But when you call me nephew every day and then you say unk, yeah. holy shit. Shit don't change, brother. Yeah. I, it was at that moment I realized things were out of my control. I, <laughs> I think that's why I have like such a love for that city. It's just, I love- Well, you know, fucking, if we're gonna walk down history lane here, you love the wire. Are you privy to the corner? Yeah, that was the first. The, that was before. Before The yeah, Wire. That was, that was like thing. the OG version. And it was a lot of the same actors, but they did like different roles. Like, I forget. I haven't seen it in forever. You should but read I know, the books. Like, I know some of the cops were actually drug dealers in the corner, and they switched it when they got to The Wire. Like, the same actors. Yeah, but I think they were both really good, Yeah, you know, uh, takes on what it was really like. Yeah. But... The corner was like the OG version. And that's my soft spot for Baltimore, just because it's so similar to here, I guess. What was the bitch about Baltimore, though, is that they had the stick-up boys and they had the burn boys. Right. I come to Philly. I only copped in Kensington like eight times. Yeah. I had enough sense to know that like I, I, I couldn't fucking handle Baltimore. I burned every bridge there. I don't want to reburn every new bridge I've made in Westchester by coming to Kensington. Right. Because right? I had like a, a second shot at life here. Yeah. And um, I have some like friends that didn't 
fucking consist of just who has what, where are they? These are actually good people that wanted me to do good in life. I could recognize that I had some opportunity and I didn't want to redo what I did in Baltimore. So I'd make it a point not to go to Kensington. I would like go way out of my way to go from Westchester all the way back to Baltimore to Cobb. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. So, but on the, the few occasions that I did venture into Kensington, literally like no more than 10 times, I remember getting on the block and four dudes would come up to me and offer me the same dope. And now in Baltimore, there's only one guy that's hitting with the dope and the rest are lookouts. And if they do that, then in Baltimore, if four guys come up to you on the same block and offer you the same dope, uh, Rough Rider, let's say the dope's called Rough Rider. If I'm yeah. in Baltimore and four dudes come up to me on the same block and say, Rough Rider, Rough Rider, three of those four are burning you. Yeah, I get to Kensington, I get on the block, four or five dudes, Rough Rider, and I'm like, fuck, I'm, but little did I know, like that was like legit business and they all had the same dope. Yeah. And like, they don't burn you. Yeah, it's a business deal. It, I, I was impressed with it. Yeah, it's very, it's run very, you know. It was. I wasn't a big fan of it just cause I'm not built for it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like the only time I really went there and I talked about it on here a lot and I talk about it to just people and it's like my whole phase of smoking crack and reality was like probably a month, but it just seemed like dog years. Sure. You know what I mean? So like being down there a month and I was like, I'll go back to doing Oxycontin. Yeah. I was scared to smoke crack. Yeah. Like I, I first of it's very difficult to do. And I don't think people realize that. I, if it, you've never it done is. it. It is. <laughs> it is. I've done it with some people that had never done it and I'm yeah. not a professional at doing it. And I know I wasn't doing it the best that it could be done. I was losing some smoke. Let's yeah, just say. me too. And I always talk to people. I'm like, how good could the push be? And people are like, the push is everything. I'm like, yeah, but it's too much. Yeah. And see, I wasn't that elaborate or advanced to, to get to, I, I'd have yeah. someone have to show me how to do that. I, I mean, I'm like at this point shooting dope in my neck and, and that, that sounded really like egotistical. Yeah, but but that, me, I'm dude. just trying to paint this picture of like, I was really fucking down yeah. and out and people would offer me a, a blast yeah. and I, I wouldn't even take it in the fucking shooting gallery. I wouldn't take it because I'm like, dude, I can't even come up with $10 a day, let alone yeah. $10 every 20 minutes. Mm -mm. Fuck, like, I, I can't, I, I know better than that. Not fun, dude. I broke it down, the stages of smoking crack, just like on stage one time. Just because you get these five-minute segments, I was like, this will take about five minutes. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if it's funny, but I don't think people really, like, I educated the people. I was like, I don't even think, I don't even really, in my heart of hearts, think I know how to smoke crack that well, but I was like, it's complicated. It is. I was like, you need to get a fucking Brillo pad, a car antenna, fucking. It's a fucking commitment. Yeah. It's a lot of work. <laughs> and it's not for the faint of heart. For 30 minutes, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The it was, you know, and people always ask me, so I get to do other comedians in the area's podcast and they're always like, so drugs, you probably have crazy stories. I'm like, yeah, I do. But I have more depressing stories if you want to hear those, because that's what it is. Like there's to few, us, yeah, there's few and far between. To them, it's like, it's like watching a fucking uh, a thriller. Yeah. Which is always fascinating when I like get to like see you do something with like an everyday person, for lack of a better word. I always hated the phrase normal people because I think that's few and far between. But like when you do like an interview with someone else and it's just like, they're like, oh, wow, that's crazy. You know what I mean? You were buying drugs off a 16 year old kid. And I'm like, I'm like, he called him on. That's, that's the crazy the part problem. of that yeah. story. Yeah. But abnormal becomes normal, dude. That's what it is, dude. Uh, you need to check out this guy, Ryan Sickler. He's a Baltimore guy. He has a podcast out in California. Your boy Andy did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's called The Honeydew. And he kind of does like highlighting lowlights. It's my favorite podcast, but it's just. 
if you ever get a chance. I He's will. a Baltimore guy. I'll be with guys. Andy Roy. Andy Roy, is that what you meant? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'll be with him in like two weeks in California. Nice. So I'll ask him about it. Yeah, ask him about it. Do his podcast. He's great. Andy's killing it. Yeah. I enjoyed his podcast. You know, I'm I love not, him. I fell out of love with skateboarding a while ago, but like I watched his podcast and I was like, ah, oh, that's crazy. He's phenomenal. But sure enough, you know him. And I was he's like, oh, phenomenal, that's wild. dude. He's he's phenomenal. He's yeah. a dear friend of mine. Yeah, he's uh, he's sober guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's beautiful to see. You Good know, for he's, him, man. He's like doing the deal. You know, he like nice. bought into the concept and you know he put a little time together and he went back out because he really didn't completely buy in and now he yeah. has and I, I see him and I, I we go on trips together and, and tours and it's cool to see. It's got to be him. fun to have someone like you on the whole thing because it just yeah. Like anything, like with punk rock, with comedy, like the worlds just bring a certain chaos to it. Yeah, but it's that, always good to have somebody with you. It you is, I mean? and I'm very particular with who that someone will be, just because right. again, I'm a creature of habit, and I'm set my own ways. So there's only a few people that I'm like, I'll, I'd really like to spend time with. Again, yeah. coming back to how we started this, the most important thing that I possess is my time, and and same with you and yeah, everyone out there. Yeah, wherever they went, you know what I mean? I don't even know. Well, <laughs> let's just are... say all your sponsors. Yeah, all my sponsors. Because you have a long list of people that this show is brought to you by. I thought you were talking about my lovely production team who just up and left. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they were gaming because yeah, I heard the fucking... Yeah, you hear the clicking. And then I... Well, before we got these microphones, you could just hear it. And there was a lot of banter off camera, dude. Which I, I heard a little bit on here with them. Yeah. Oh, you're talking Which Mark has some of the best calls ever sometimes. And I'm just like, I'm like, damn, you know? That was good. <laughs> your production team is like, I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> Disappear. And by production team, I mean Dabron does a lot of work and Mark made the theme song. <laughs> you mean we have talked about how you smoke crack in different intervals, so you might have got them like sour. Yeah, they might be Jones, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking dude, Dabron did that commercial for you. Uh-huh. And uh, I remember he was like, oh, I'm doing a commercial for Brandon Novak. I was like, oh, that's my buddy. Tell him I said hi when you're shooting it. And he fucked with me for like a year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, did you tell him I said what's up? And he said, he said he didn't know you, dude. Yet again, that. Well, you're easy mark. Yeah, I am an easy mark. I'm gullible, but I'm also not dumb at the same time, though, too. But it was just something believable enough to me. I was like, damn, he unked me. (laughs) (laughs) That's the new term. Yeah, at the end of the day. Buddy, we are at the end. I appreciate you. I know the schedule's busy. I know it's hectic. I know you were trapped in an airport all weekend. Yeah, it's cool, though. But I'm happy you came through and did this. I'm grateful you asked me, man. I've, I've always respected and admired your characteristics, man, and how you carry yourself. Likewise, and always thank you for supporting me and everything I do. Yeah, I try to support you. Want, you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, attach my website to this. If anybody gives a fuck, it's brandonnovak.com. And if anybody out there you know, is in need of help, they can reach me directly at 610-635-9092. Sounds good. We can name the episode brandonnovak.com if you want. <laughs> <laughs> or Unk. Or it's either going to be called Unk or by Dream Seller. <laughs> <laughs> by Dream Seller, BrandonNovak.com, number attached. Yeah. <laughs> One stop shop. <laughs> it will all be in the bio, definitely. We will have BrandonNovak.com. You can buy a copy of Dream Seller. Just and run the wild. Of Baltimore. Yeah. You can just do anything you like. We don't right. discriminate. I'll, I'll, we'll end it nice. I'll call you nephew. Thank you for coming out, buddy. And I love I appreciate you, buddy. it. God bless, man. Yeah. See ya.